Welcome back to the Just for a Closer Walk podcast. I am Joel Roslin, your host here for this fun and wonderful adventure as we continue to dive deeper into scripture and uh, just seeking to walk closer in our relationship with Christ. Uh, That's really what it's all about. As always, I like to just throw out a a quick reminder that there is also a kind of a complimentary blog as well. And you can find that over at justforacloserwalk.com. And there's, uh, there are some overlaps. Uh, some of the content is shared between this and, uh, and that medium as well. But there's also going to be a lot of kind of unique content that is available just there, as well as there's a unique content that you'll just find uh, here on the podcast. So uh, as always, feel free to like or subscribe or leave me a comment if you have any thoughts or questions about it. Uh, I'd love to get your feedback and uh, want to make it as uh, beneficial and useful as possible. That's uh, kind of the whole endeavor. So uh, today I'm excited. I've got uh, something that's a little bit more in the uh, traditional narrative style for you. And uh, basically all that means is it's going to be a little bit more of a story. And I think as we get into it, it might be a story that you uh, recognize, um, but it might have a little bit of a different uh, take on it, a little bit of a different twist from maybe the way that you've heard it before. So uh, with no further ado, I'm going to tell you a fun little story. A story about a boy named Sai. Like most boys, he played and he laughed and he dreamed and he grew. He had dreamed great dreams to be a person of influence, to be a mover and a shaker in his own generation. And I can imagine Sai heading off to school full of ambition, just thinking, look out world, here I come. And Sai applied himself in his studies. He was going to be a man of renown one day. And this is where it started. He worked hard and applied himself and maybe even thought, this is easy. But then he got his first report card and his grade was a C, an average score. Well, Surely there was a mistake, but no matter. This was was just a small setback, an opportunity to step up his game and really prove himself. So he doubled his efforts, thinking, I'll be the top in my class, I'll impress my teachers, and one day I'll even impress the world with my excellence. So he put in the long hours and he mastered his course material. And when the end of the year report card came in, Sai had a D. It must be a mistake. I've tried so hard and given my best effort and I've even been considered merely average. Though he was shaken, Sai kept at it. And each year he tried his best. Each year he only managed average grades. Part of him felt a little bit better that his brother, Drew, didn't do any better in school. Apparently, they were just average, normal people. And every year, Sai found himself losing a little bit more of his dream. Maybe Sai finished primary school, maybe even high school. But when it came time to apply to college, Sai's academic counselor pulled him aside and said, Simon, why don't you just go learn a trade instead? I don't think you're cut out for college. Heartbroken. Sai put the proverbial nail in the coffin of his dreams and walked away, maybe forever. As it so happened, Simon's hometown had a good fishing industry, and so he found a position and he got the job. It certainly wasn't his dream, but he may as well make the most of it. So he applied himself, and he learned the trade, and he paid his dues. And as often as the case, Sai's hard work paid off. Year after year, Sai worked faithfully. 
He even got a job for his brother when his college application was rejected. Over the years, Cy progressed and aged and hung out with his group of friends. Eventually, he got married and even bought a house. More time passed, and Simon the fisherman was even able to buy his own boat. One day, his brother Andrew said he met a strange and inspirational man from the wilderness who was baptizing people, encouraging them to return to God and to leave behind sin and pretense. So powerful and magnetic was this John that Andrew wanted to join his ministry, at least for a while, to learn what he could and help how he could. So Andrew left the family business for a while, but Sai stuck with it, faithfully fishing, mending the nets, supporting his family, and maybe even supporting Andrew's missionary journey. Then one day, something amazing happened. Andrew came home and said, Sai, you'll never believe it, but I found the Messiah, the Christ that the prophets of old have foretold. He's here, and his name is Jesus. I can imagine Sai feeling confused and even skeptical. Well, sure, Messiah is prophesied to come someday, but why think that would be now? Why think that would be here? Although when Sai first met Jesus, Sai was immediately aware that he was a great teacher, a mover and a shaker, and a man of great influence. And in fact, this Jesus was just about everything that Sai had once dreamed of being himself. Then again, it was another person like this who had crushed his dreams all those years back, saying that he didn't think Sai had what it took to do, well, just about anything other than fishing. But this Jesus character hung around town for a while, and word of his powerful teaching and insight began to spread. One day, after a particularly lousy day at work, didn't catch a single stinking fish, Sai had brought his boat back to the shore to clean up for the day, As it just so happened, Jesus was about to start a new teaching, but the crowds showing up were massive, and the entire beach and hillside were full of people. Spotting Simon, Jesus came over and asked to use his boat as a speaking platform. So they put out a little ways from shore, which allowed the acoustics of the water and the hillside to carry Jesus' words clearly to everybody. And it was a powerful message. It was insightful. It It was funny and engaging, but also deep and profound. This Jesus truly was the perfect example of everything that Sai had dreamed of for his own life. And a longing reawakened in Sai's heart, the stirring of an old dream. If only Sai could stutter under this Jesus, perhaps he could learn the skills needed to follow his own dreams. But then he remembered that day with his academic counselor and those haunting words that had shaped so much of his life up to now. I don't think you have what it takes you might as well settle for less. As Jesus was finishing his message, Sai was trying to work up the courage to ask the impossible question, to ask if he could apprentice Jesus. Before he had the chance, though, Jesus turned to Simon and said, let's go fishing. Let's go fishing? Who could think about fishing after a message like that? Who could think about fishing when my dreams are on the line? Jesus, I just got off work and now you want me to go back out for a double shift? That's what Simon said. Or maybe that's just what he thought to himself. Sai was surprised to hear his own voice simply say, Okay. Well, maybe it wouldn't be that bad after all. You know, the fish weren't biting anyway, so Simon might actually have a chance to talk with Jesus and get some tips about pursuing his dreams. 
After all, fishing was just the day job to pay the bills, right? But then the darndest thing happened. Jesus told them to let down their nets, and they caught the crazy mother load of fish so much that they couldn't even haul it in. They had to shout out to the other fishing friends at shore to come out and pull in their catch. Now, why did that happen? Was this Jesus guy some kind of good luck? How could he have known where the fish would be? On the ride back to shore, Cy was trying to figure this out and, and completely had forgotten to ask Jesus for the opportunity he never had to apprentice and learn from Jesus. And when they arrived at the shore, though, Jesus beat him to it. Turning to Simon and Andrew, Jesus said, follow me. It must have felt like a dream. Surreal. Even too good to be true. Cy's emotions welled up as he felt a faint stirring of an old and gone hope in his dreams. Could he really believe it? Could he afford to hope again? After all, he wasn't a spring chicken anymore and may well have thought that life had passed him by. After a long, unbelieving stare, Simon found himself able to speak a single word. Okay. So the apprenticeship began. Sai followed Jesus all around, learning principles and techniques in private, and then seeing Jesus put them into practice in public. Sai had often thought back about the day of Jesus' invitation. He had asked Jesus why he had offered such a great opportunity, sharing as well about the conversation Sai had had with his academic counselor all those years before. Why would Jesus waste his time and energy on someone who didn't have what it took? Smiling, Jesus told him, Simon, I had heard about your steadfast faithfulness and work ethic, but I wanted to see for myself if the rumors were true. I found you when you were having a bad day, and I gave you that little test to see if your resolve was really as strong as people said. And Simon, you are as solid as a rock. In fact, I think I'll call you Peter, which means rock. <laughs> so the apprenticeship continued. Jesus invited others to join the apprenticeship, teaching, instructing, giving freely of himself. But beside all of that, Sai's friendship with Jesus grew. He got to see a real-life example of a person perfectly blending intellect and wisdom. Jesus was smart, but blending that also with kindness and compassion. He made the best joke, like a snake walks into a bar. But that wasn't all. Peter respected Jesus as an influential and gifted speaker, a real mover and shaker, and of course loved him as a friend. But was Andrew right about him? Was Jesus really Messiah? Was he really Christ? Was he really God? And then Peter watched Jesus raise a dead girl back to life. And then Peter watched Jesus heal paralyzed and crippled people. And then Peter watched Jesus heal the blind, heal mental illness, and cast out demons. And then Jesus invited his apprentices, his disciples, to become a part of the story. He sent them out to preach the good news of salvation and hope and equipped them also to heal. Jesus actually believed that they could be like him. Peter saw Jesus feed a great multitude from naught but a borrowed sack lunch. Surely this Jesus was indeed God. After a particularly difficult message one day, the crowds up and left Jesus. They just couldn't understand his message, and it was too personal and even offensive to them. When the masses had left, 
Jesus turned to the 12 disciples and asked if they wanted to leave as well. Peter didn't even have to think twice before answering, where would we go? You have the words of life. In other words, we're with you to the end, totally all in. The 12 continued to see and experience and even do great things. One night while the 12 were out in Peter's boat, they saw Jesus walking on the water. What the heck? They all freaked out thinking maybe it was a ghost or a spirit. But then Jesus called out, don't be afraid, it's me. In a move of unconfident boldness, Peter called back, if it's you, then call me to come to you on the water. Jesus' response surprised everyone, especially Peter, who was secretly just trying to look brave in front of the others, the rock-hard fisherman who wasn't afraid of a little water or a ghost. But then Jesus said, come on out, the water's great. Having to now put his money where his mouth was, Sai got out of the boat and walked on water. I can imagine the amazement and surprise of the people in the boat, but all of that was dwarfed by Peter's surprise. This is impossible. And yet here I am. So he started making his way towards Jesus. But then from somewhere deep in his mind, he heard a voice of doubt, a voice that sounded an awful lot like his academic counselor. What are you doing, Simon? Do you think you can really be like Jesus? Remember, you don't have what it takes. And though he resisted at first, Sai looked around and noticed the waves and the wind. And then the voice of doubt now, which is his own voice, cried out, Who am I? Nobody. And at that moment, Sai began to sink. But in a moment of clarity, he cried out, Lord, save me. Not wasting a moment, Jesus reached out and saved him. And they walked back to the boat on the water and got in. Jesus turned to Sai and he said, Peter, I know you have faith and trust in me. But I need you to also have faith and trust in yourself, that you really can be like me. After all, I called you, and I still fully believe that you've got what it takes. Well, the years passed, the apprenticeship continued, and their friendship grew. Peter had moments of glory, led by the Spirit, and inspiring to others. He also had embarrassing moments, sticking his foot in his mouth. Even though he was called Peter, It truly was Jesus' friendship and patience that were rock solid. No matter the mistakes Peter might make in his life, he would always have a friend and God of forgiveness and love. And Peter could never turn his back on that. He was convinced. But one night, out in the garden, men came and arrested Jesus. They took him to a secret trial trying to seek the death sentence. Peter followed at a distance, looking perhaps perhaps for a way to break Jesus free or perhaps just to offer moral support. But he couldn't get into the trial and he had to stay outside with his dangerous thoughts. I imagine the whirlwind of emotions and conversations racing through Peter's mind. Who are you to follow Jesus? A simple fisherman? You've had your fun at pretending, but now you need to get real before somebody gets hurt. A young girl's voice interrupted his thoughts. You're an apprentice to that guy on trial, right? Caught by surprise, Simon instinctively blurted out, No, that's someone else. He had a brief vision of being sent to jail as an accomplice to some crime he didn't commit and began to start thinking of his family. 
of his wife. And then another voice, I'm pretty sure I've seen you with Jesus before. Trying to keep word from spreading and beginning to panic, Peter says, no, no, you have the wrong guy. Before he could even finish his statement, another voice called out, I'm positive I've seen you with Jesus. His head in full panic mode, Peter freaked out, swore at the crowd, and denied that he even knew who Jesus was. And then he realized what he had just said and ran away to find a space by himself to cry. Did he really just deny even knowing his best friend? And not only once, but three times? Dark days followed. Jesus was wrongly convicted and crucified. The remaining disciples looked to Peter for leadership. It was all he could do just to say nothing. Not only was their teacher and Lord God, but Simon felt a tremendous guilt over denying his friend. A few days passed, and some of the women from their group came running in. Jesus is alive. What? Well, what do you mean? Well, his body is no longer in the grave, and we met an angel who told us that he had risen from the dead. Without thinking, Peter took off running to the tomb, wondering if he dared to risk hope against all hope. Could it really be? Is this not the end after all? Do I still have a chance to apologize and to fix things? To ask for forgiveness? Well, as we know the story, Jesus did in fact rise from the dead. And he appeared to hundreds, if not thousands of people. Of course, he still spent personal time with his disciples and his friends. I can imagine Peter pouring out his heart and asking forgiveness and Jesus responding, Of course, Peter. You are forgiven, and don't you forget it. But it's a strange thing about guilt, that it can travel with us for a long time, lingering beneath the surface. One morning when the disciples were out fishing on Peter's boat, Jesus was out for a casual stroll on the water. <laughs> Noticing a trend here. He called out to them and they brought the boat to the shore. Well, Peter swam, but... Everybody else took the boat. Jesus had prepared breakfast for them all on the beach. <laughs> what a good friend. After they had all eaten, Jesus pulled Peter aside. Sensing the tension of guilt that still remained, Jesus asked him, Simon, do you love me unconditionally? Unconditionally? Why would he ask me that? Oh, better to be safe than sorry. Lord, I love you like a brother awkward silence. Okay, um, well then uh, feed my sheep. Continue this ministry we've started and share the good news with all. After a minute, Jesus asked him again, Simon, do you love me unconditionally? Still living under the weight of guilt and not truly feeling unconditionally forgiven, Peter replied, Lord, you know I love you like a brother. Okay, then feed my lambs, lead this group of disciples, and build my church. After a long silence, Simon, do you only love me like a brother and not as one forgiven? Silence. Yes, Lord. Peter, you may have wanted to give up on yourself, but I'm not giving up on you. I will be with you always in the person of the Holy Spirit. 
And as you share the good news of forgiveness, and as you lead this group, and as you build my church, you will find that everywhere you go, I am. You are forgiven. You are loved. You are clean. You have what it takes. You are pursued by a relentless love. Thank you.